What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of After the Catch. Uh, I love doing these episodes where I just get to sit down and me and Papa, sometimes a guest, uh, we just get to chat, talk about life, uh, ministry, leadership, uh, some theology, tell stories. Uh, but this is kind of the, the Thursday podcast that references the Tuesday episode. So if you haven't seen the episode on Tuesday or listened to it, uh, then go out and do so. Um, or, you know, try to follow along with, with what we're talking about. But Papa, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you, Will? Good. Were you busy today? I've, I've been busy all day today. Yeah. Uh, that's why I was almost a little late getting here for the, uh, for the broadcast. Yeah, we, we were both a little late today. Um, uh, we both just got... I needed a shower to freshen up so I would be fresh for this afternoon's podcast. There you go. It's amazing what a shower. Yep. A shower and some fresh clothes <laughs> can really put you in a headspace to just get work done. Uh, yeah, that, that or could take a good nap. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I do love me a good nap. Uh, so on Tuesday's episode, uh, you, you talked about the uniqueness of Christ. So if you could... Uh, quickly, just kind of, kind of, you know, wrap up what um, what is that? What is the uniqueness of Christ? Okay, well, you know, um, in the uniqueness of Christ is is that uh, uh, the first thing that made him unique was is that talking about his death, and uh, so why did he have to die on a cross? Couldn't he just have? died some other death, or couldn't he just had a heart attack or whatever. But according to the law, all things are cleansed with the blood, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. So, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, if a person committed what we call a, 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 a capital crime, you know, they would be executed, and normally uh, that was done through stoning. And if the crime was really what we'd call hideous, uh, then they would hang the dead man from a tree. Uh, this is was basically uh, the most form of disgrace and shame. And so, uh, you know, when we move into the, the New Testament days, uh, the Romans had a favorite method of uh, executing criminals. And, uh, and, if they, and, and if they really wanted to punish a criminal, it was through crucifixion, nailing uh, the criminal to the cross. And uh, that would be the symbol of the most uh, uh, disgrace and shame that anyone. And, and not only that, uh, it could take several days for a person to die. So they had really mastered the art of making a person suffer for a long time. And uh, so why did Jesus go to the cross? Because of his love for mankind. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, his death was, was he laid down his life for us willingly. Uh, God was willing to send his son to the cross and Jesus was willing to die. So that was visible sign of their love for us. And it was... Uh, God's love is uh, sacrificial, which we saw in that, that he gave us the most prized uh, possession that he had. And, uh, but it also had benefits for us uh, through, the, through the cross. So the uniqueness of the cross was is, uh, it was a unique death. 
and uh, but uh, but all criminals were 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 crucified, and, and and he was crucified, which makes it unique in that sense. But really, the uniqueness comes in in the resurrection and his ascension, and so. You know that that's really what set the stage and set him apart was is that he died on a cross, shed his blood. Uh, the, the shedding of blood is the way that we're cleansed from sin, and so the empty tomb is uh, is the uh, the proof that Jesus resurrected. Uh, not only is the tomb the proof, uh, he said, it's expedient that I go, and if I, and if I go, then the Comforter will come. And uh, on the day of Pentecost, after he had resurrected from the dead, the Pentecost came. And so that was the guarantee that, uh, that that's the part of the proof also that, that, uh, that now, uh, you know, he's in heaven. But he told us he would send the the spirit. So now we know that he's there. So uh, you know, uh, the grave clothes were unique because you know they wouldn't have if someone stole his body or if someone come in and and tried to take it since it was one piece that was wrapped around. I'm sure to have got out of those clothes. You know, when Lazarus come out of the grave, what did Jesus say? Somebody unwrap him, untie him. Yeah. And so, you know, when when the disciples came in, the first thing uh, Peter sees, but John records it, that the grave clothes are just like, you know, they were just like they were laying down on his back. But 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 the head uh, was a separate piece and it was folded up in a different location. And uh, so, you know, there's no way somebody stole him out of there so he had to just come out of the clothes and so it makes me wonder when the when the rapture takes place will we just lose all of our clothes right here and and be a glorified body and be different <laughs> right also with the the going off of his body being stolen um you know r- really that could that's not an option because um the rome because there were roman guards yes who were put in charge of guarding that tomb. tomb. And their one job was to make sure nothing in and nothing Nothing out. out. And for them to not successfully uh, accomplish that job would have meant their head. Absolutely. So there's definitely some, just some stronger, I guess, you know, proof that That. the the body wasn't stolen because it was that guard's life. And and it wasn't just one guard. It was right. a, a, a uh, well, what you, whatever the word is I'm looking for, but it was many of them. Yeah. Uh, not a platoon, but a bunch of them. And, you know, then there was the theories that I remember. I think it was a swoon theory that he just passed out and, and the coolness of the tomb, you know, he was unconscious and came back to life. And if he did that, how did he get out of the grave clothes? And, you know, and, and again, um, uh, well, also, if it was that, um, actually, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard that theory. Oh, you never heard the swoon theory? No, I've heard a he, lot of other ones, but he, I haven't heard that one. Uh, where actually, out from from all of the trauma and stuff that he passes out, right. on, and then and then you know, basically, he's in the tomb, and the coolness of the tomb, he comes. You know, he's he comes out of the unconsciousness. But you know, when the guard the soldier 
ram that spear in up under his rib cage to, you know, make sure that he was dead, he would have plunged into the lung and to the heart. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was going to bring up because there's no way he passed out because when when the when the guard pulls his spear out, yeah, c- what comes out is was water is is what represents this person was blood dead. and water in, in the way that the reason water would have I mean I'm no doctor I've just heard other people say this and I've read about it the only reason water would have came out is because it would have collected in the uh, whatever sack that's around your heart. Mm-hmm. That is a sign of congestive heart failure. Yeah, basically, that's what happens when you have uh, CFJ. That fluid. Uh, yeah, and so when he stabbed in, he would have punctured that that sac, and then water would have come out. And, uh, and and that's you know that so that there uh, does away with the swoon theory. Right. Uh, that was what I was taught years ago, or one of the theories we were taught in school, and and uh, but the only the only thing that's left is is that you know hey um he's alive because the disciples saw him alive yeah and and not only did the disciples on the day that he ascended there were over 500 people in his presence but but i'm sure they were you know we don't know all the things because everything is not written, but they were other people. And one of the unique things that always amazed me was, is it said that when he come out of the grave, other people came out of the grave Mm -hmm. and they were seen walking around in the streets of Jerusalem, people that had been dead come to life. So it's amazing that, uh, you know, he, he is the first fruits of death. He conquered death and if he did not come back from the grave, then we're our religion uh, or, or our, our hope and Christ is nothing more than the rest of the world's religions. Right, because he'd still be dead. Yep. Um, also, another thing, too, that uh, kind of supports the, the resurrection is the testimony of uh, Mary. Yeah. Because if her, te- one, she's a woman. Mm-hmm. So nobody would have believed her unless it was 100% true. That's for sure. Then they would have written it down. So the fact that her testimony, one, she was the first one. She was there. To to be there and to come back and testify and tell John and Peter. So why do you think she— And then they took off. So why do you think she went on the third day to the tomb on that first day of the week? I don't know. I think she went every day. She's a mother mourning her child. I think she was there every day. She probably was. Uh, you know, she is pondering in her heart, but I think she also knew that to him being the Messiah, that he couldn't stay in the grave. So maybe that's why she, you know, yeah. it just says she was there on the early in the morning. Yeah, I think she was there every day, but I'm convinced she knew he wasn't going to be there on the third day. And she had to go see it for herself. And, uh, you know, when when Mary uh, Madeline got there and, you know, uh, if you'll tell me where his body is, I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 go. she thought that he was the gardener. So there again, she didn't recognize like the men from 
uh, the, on the two road men to on the road yep. to Emmaus didn't recognize him. Here's yep. Mary that did not recognize who he was, but when he spoke, right, and he called her by her name, she knew who he was. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that is uh, testimony to her sitting at the feet of Jesus, yeah. learning. I love that the particular story. I love about that is because, you know. I've often said I wouldn't go in. I used to. I used to say if I was running to the church on Sunday morning and I'd be dressed in a suit or whatever, I wouldn't run in a Seven Eleven or a convenience store because you'd come out smelling like a you know like you'd just been smoking. And 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 so every time I'd read that story, and certainly I do like uh, I do like cologne. I like cologne that smells nice. And, right. People can smell you when you walk in the room. But uh, anyway, f- for that, you know, when when I was uh, going to college and I was painting, uh, I was able to paint this historic mansion up in South Georgia. And uh, the uh, owner of this uh, historic mansion was a lawyer, very successful lawyer, and uh, probably in his 40s and had made a lot of money and uh, huge place a big plantation and his wife I, I don't know exactly what kind of uh, perfume she would wear but uh, you could smell her in the house when she got out of the car and she'd walk through the front door and her 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 perfume would just linger there all day long and I'd tell the guy I was working with one of these days when I get rich and make more money than I am now, I'm going to buy Debbie some of that kind of perfume. And uh, and it's amazing because I, I think about that and I think about Mary kneeling at his feet before, you know, before he goes to die. And and she takes that bottle of Spitnard, which is a very costly perfume, and she pours it, you know, uh, and then on his feet, she's washing his feet with that perfume and her tears, and she wipes it with and wipes his feet with her hair. And uh, the thing that amazed me was is that, you know, everybody would have to say, uh, I don't think people would say, "Boy, Jesus, you smell like Mary." I think people would have said to Mary, "Boy, you smell just like Jesus." Yeah. And and so I think that's incredible that that uh, those kind of things. And so she had a she had a unique love and relationship for him. And when he spoke her name, that's all it took. So and and that brings us into anyone that's in a relationship with God knows his voice when he speaks and he calls your name. So right. like with my dad, when my dad used to call. And there wasn't, uh, you know, you couldn't tell who was calling back, all her ID back in those days. But when he'd say hello, I knew who it was. And uh, and that was with Mary. Mary knew his voice that day that he come out of the tomb. So we have all these people. But But if the disciples didn't believe he was raised, why did they give their lives for something that was false. Yep. That would be my biggest, I think, because why would you die for something that's not real? Right. So. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's, there's theories that kind of argue against that point. 
I don't think the argument holds water. <laughs> but they, you know, it is kind of that argument of, um, you know, well, it was all it was all a ruse, and this was the the disciples, uh, you know, big big plan of <laughs> fooling the world. Um, which do, doesn't make sense. But even but. as they were fooling the world, they were willing to die for something that wasn't real. Yeah. And uh, which they really had to have been brainwashed. Yeah, because people aren't people don't do that. No. You don't die for something you don't believe, believe in. Believe in, that's for sure. Um, At least I don't think you do. <laughs> m- most people don't. don't. <laughs> I, I'm uh, sure there's there's some people. Um, but not everybody would say, hey, if I need a kidney, can I have yours? I right. don't think ever. well, I, you know, I got two. I better hold on to one just in case. Right. Um, so you mentioned in the, uh, you didn't call them by name, but you just kind of mentioned uh, a couple different atonement theories um, when you were talking about his his resurrection. I know you mentioned uh, penal substitutionary. You mentioned Christus Victor. Um, you may have mentioned another one. I was trying to take notes while you were writing. Um, is is there one uh, one atonement theory that you that you stick to? Um, or, or do you have a, a different different outlook on atonement theories? Uh, I'm thinking about that one. Huh. You probably haven't had to think about atonement theories in a long time. I have time. not. So I was looking at my notes how I would have worded that. Uh, I haven't had to think about that uh, in so, a while. Um, so for the people that don't know, penal substitutionary is the atonement theory that— um, Christ had to go to the cross for us as a substitute, right? That, right. that, that we're like, we're sinners. We deserve the punishment, but because Christ was our substitute, yes. Um, we don't have to receive that same judgment that he yes. did. That's penal substitutionary. Yes. Very, very, very quickly. Uh, Christus Victor is the, uh, idea that Jesus had to go to the cross in order for Satan to be defeated. That it was Christ's death on the cross was victory over, uh, okay, you know, death, hell, and the grave, right. and sin. Like that's kind of the Christus Victor model. Uh, so, is there one of those that you lean to? Is there? Uh, I mean, that's just two of quite a few uh, atonement theories. But well, or, or do you kind of lay in the middle, um, or what? I I don't know if you can put them both together, but uh, I do know that I do. Uh, one of the things we know from Scripture that uh, because of Adam yeah. uh, losing or giving up uh, the birthright and the title uh, and and brought sin into our lives, then then for us to be uh, forgiven of our sins, Jesus had to die on the cross. Had to shed his. Let, let's put it this way: He had to shed his blood for our sins, and the cross was the method in this day that he was crucified. 
but it was his blood. And so it is by the atonement on the day of atonement when they go into the Holy of Holies. What do they do? They sprinkle blood, which the blood forgive uh, the nation's sins for a year, but it had to be repeated. So when Jesus went to the cross, then his blood, he he became, uh, I'm trying to remember how I worded it. He, he, he in that part, um, not only did he become our substitute, but he paid the price for the payment of a slave. Yeah. And uh, so um, uh, I'm trying to keep my thoughts here straight. Uh, you know, Redemption was was well. We would we would say to this in in the way I was taught that justification is is to f- be found not guilty. So how am I found not guilty? It's because uh, I apply the blood that Jesus shed for me on the cross to my life, and so then so I have a pardon uh, from a death penalty. Uh, just like our our president last night pardoned a man out of prison, right? And uh, so I've been pardoned because of the blood, but then redemption is is where you know uh, uh, that that you're delivered through the pri- uh, the payment of a price. So uh, Jesus paid my debt. And he paid the price for me, which I think is Colossians that said he canceled out the debt that was against me. So we know that Paul wrote that when you were put in prison, there was a certificate of debt, which was put on your jail cell that said, this is your crime. You've been punished uh, for however length of time. And when this time frame is up, then you're released from prison and you keep that because now they can't put you back in jail because you did a crime, mm-hmm. this particular crime, because I have the certificate. Right. That it's stamped, paid in full. And so when Jesus hung on the cross and said it is finished, he was using a legal term that that uh, that that sin's been paid for, and then but also uh, uh, there's that propitiation where. Uh, what where a nice word! That's uh, some people call it different, but my professor said propitiation, and and, and through his death, basically he appeased God's wrath. Yeah is basic the easiest way to say that and then and then him dying on the cross i put all these things together because that's what i was taught but reconciliation where you know there's somebody's been offended in in the the two parties and so uh then uh so uh being on the cross jesus became he reconciled us back so he was the one that uh that 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 brought us back in harmony and brought us together. So Christ's death is what made the whole world savable. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean everybody's saved, but it made the world savable. Right. Because of his death, and it canceled out the penalty. So, you know, that's that's where I lay at because it's without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin, and he did it once and for all. So. Uh, but but his death canceled. Now let me let me phrase that. His death cancels out the original inherited sin. Right. And so we 
we either accept that or not, and because we can, we can either live in sin or choose to be forgiven of sin. Yeah. And so, but then, then he sets us apart by sanctifying us all through the cross. And but the cross, he did defeat the enemy at the cross. But I'd have to say, if he didn't come out of the grave, nothing was accomplished. Right. And so, if it was not for him rising on the third day, I wouldn't be forgiven. I would none of these things because he paid the price, but if none he, of it would matter. Wouldn't matter. That's right. Yeah, if you didn't come out of the grave. Yeah. My my problem with atonement theories is um they're all right. Well that's like pretty much <laughs> when I was when I was studying them, which it's been a, a while, but you know, penal substitutionary, yes, you know, he was there to pay the price so that I don't have to. Christus Victor, yes, he did defeat, you know, uh, Satan. Uh, Matt walked into the studio. Yeah, we have a we so, have a guest in the studio. He hasn't put on the headphones to talk with Papa's us. Papa's asking if he wants to get on, but <laughs> it looks like he's busy. Yeah. Um, got um, on some new fresh kicks. <laughs> uh, but all the atonement theories that we were, we were learning about, you know, I kind of just, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think they all do. <laughs> so when people ask me which one do I lean towards, um, I tell them it depends on the sermon. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> because, you know, some sermons you want that, hey, hell's been defeated. And absolutely. Then, you know, you want those sermons of, you know, Jesus did that for you. Yes. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he has the keys to to prove that that he has won. And uh, so now because of of him winning, we have the authority ourselves because he's given us authority. So we have authority over the enemy because we've been given that authority by him. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about uh, resurrection for a little bit. All right. Not resurrection, ascension. ascension. Yeah, that's the one we haven't covered. We haven't covered that um, one. We haven't really talked through death either. You talked about it, but we didn't really talk through it together. Um, okay. But we don't have to. We can right. keep moving on. Or you want to talk about death? Well, it, uh, I can if you want to. Okay, because I have a question. All right. I was reading, um, oh man, I want to say Bonhoeffer, but I don't think it was Bonhoeffer. Um, I was reading a old dead theologian and he was talking about, uh, you know, Jesus's death on the cross and, uh, saying that I kind of just want to get your thoughts on this. Um, and saying that it, it, it was not the will of God for Jesus to die. Uh, but basically it was the will of God that the world be saved and in order for that to happen the consequence was Christ dying on the cross hmm. um, and I think I think an example of that kind of you know modern example could be if if uh, you're at the beach with your children and one of your kids is out in the ocean and he starts drowning. You as the father, your only goal is to save your kid's life 
Absolutely. Knowing that you could potentially drown in the process, but your only goal is to save your kid. Absolutely. So that's kind of the modern day analogy hmm. um, to go with that. I, I've read some of his books long time ago. I don't ever remember reading that one. Um, it might have been a different theologian, but uh, you know, all I know, I know it started is with that, a B. That uh, you know, when when uh, in the garden, when Adam and Eve have sinned, but it, you know, even though Eve is the one that did it, it's Adam's fault because uh, he was the one that was giving uh, in charge. He was the one put in charge first. And, uh, also, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have okay. an Adam and Eve question. Um, what do you think would have happened if Adam would not have eaten the fruit? Because Eve ate it first, and then she was like, hey, Adam, come try this. What do you think would have happened if he wouldn't have eaten the fruit? I think he still would have seen her because uh, she lost something and all of that. And uh, I don't think he would have stayed in his state I think he would have ate the fruit because there was only one and that was her gotcha I kind of like to think that God would have just gotten rid of Eve like but turned her back into dust and restarted well I, I don't know because like if Adam would have stood his ground and was like no I'm not eating that fruit you know but but I don't know I, you know it's first, a lot of what ifs First of all, you got to remember that when God looked down and seen everything was good, but when he looked at Adam and Adam didn't have one like his kind, not, not, not when I say kind in the sense of, uh, of a man, but his kind, which was a being person, a person. Yes. And uh, so he created Eve. Now, Adam would have certainly been. Uh, he would have been very excited about this. I think his life would have been complete because she was his completeness. And if and if she would have been, and when she ate the fruit and offered to him, if he would have said no, I don't think he would have been the covering for her. Of course, we don't know all those things. But I think even if if eventually, I think he would have ate the fruit. Gotcha. Because I I think he would have wanted to stay with her. Right. And. Uh, so, you know, uh, but after that event, that's when God talked to them and and God said, you know, all this stuff. And then he said in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, that I'm going to put enmity between your seed and, and, and my seed. And, and the thing is, he's talking about how that he's prophesying that Jesus is going to come. So. I already, you know, I already have to believe because God is sovereign that he already knew Adam and Eve were going to fail. Before the, He says before the foundations of the world, they had done settled what they were going to do. So, you know, I don't want to say it wasn't God's will because in events ending up, uh, God sacrificed his son. Just, and then we go to the story of Abraham and Isaac and and Abraham you know, he is going to kill his son as a sacrifice. And, right. and uh, so we have a picture of God giving up his son. Now, uh, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm smart enough or educated enough to talk about, was it God's will for his son not to die? But I know that God gave him up willingly. 
Yeah. And Jesus didn't didn't just wasn't uh, uh, thrust into and made to. He willingly gave up his life. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to say it because it definitely. I mean, it definitely wasn't Jesus's will. For, oh, no. for Jesus to die. He didn't want to. He didn't want to die. He asked, is there any other way that... Right. Or, have you come up with... I always tell people, it's almost like when he's praying in the garden, he's saying, have you come up with another method or another way that I don't have to go through what I'm about to go through? Right. Is there another way? Right. Because I'm sure that Jesus had already, in the time frame he's been here on earth, had seen multiple crucifixion, crucifixions, and he knew how horrible and terrible it was. Right. Even though he had experienced it, he had to know that it was going to be brutal. And uh, so, but he also knew scripture about in Isaiah about him being his stripes and that his body would be almost. Uh, unimaginable that he didn't even look like a human being. He was beat so bad. So he knew these things, and he said, if there's any other way, you come up with a different program, a different method, I'm all in. Right. But then he says, not my will, but your will. Right. So now you could say, okay, based on that, he's saying, you know, your will, so is it God's will not for him to die? Well, if he wouldn't have died, then we wouldn't be forgiven of sin. So, yeah. Yeah, and then in the epistles, back to Jesus, you know, it says that he, uh, what is it? He he gave of himself freely. freely. Yeah, um, which to me says, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't God's will for Jesus to go to the cross because Jesus had the choice to go to the cross. Yes. Um, and if it's God's will for Jesus to go to the cross, then Jesus is going to the cross. Uh, regardless of if he wants to or not, but I think, I think I I'm a I'm a I take the stance of it was God's will for humanity to be redeemed. Yes, and the consequence of that redemption was, was the, the death, death of His Son. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you know I know people that say well it was God's will for Jesus to die. I don't think it was God's will for Jesus to die. But the consequence of God's will was the death of his son. And, and, and Jesus had a will. He could have refused. He could have said no. Um, would, what would have happened? And we'd still be in an old sacrificial, because there would have been no other way right. if he would have said no. We'd all be Jews. And uh, Yeah. And then, you know, so that, that goes to prove that even though God has a perfect will for our lives and that God has a destiny for our lives. But still, we have a will right. that we can follow him or refuse not to follow him. And, and we're not puppets, neither was Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that's, I kind of want to come back to what you just talked about, but I'll, let's talk about ascension okay? Uh, real fast and then we can come back. Um, which... I guess there's not much, in my opinion, there's not much to say about Ascension um, other other than the fact that it was witnessed by so many people. Yes. I think that's the, to me, that's the big takeaway with Ascension. They were over 500 that day, watched him as he right. just ascended into the 
Because as I read it, as I read it, ascension has nothing to do with salvation. Nope. It's death and resurrection. Ascension is just an added bonus. It is. uh, I think that when you look at the ascension, um, now he's seated. He's seated. So we understand that he's going into the. So what what does the ascension have for us? Now we know that he's seated at the right hand of the father, making intercession for us. But not only that. It is, uh, he says, all authority now has been given to me. Uh, He's stating that now. And so the extension proves that all authority has been given to him. So every, every, everything has to bow before him. And uh, not only that, what does extension mean for us? He's the head of the body and the head is what gives the directions. But then I think of the Holy Spirit as the neck that, because you have your spinal cord that runs through your neck into the body, and the Holy Spirit is what connects us to to the to the head, and so the Holy Spirit gives the directions of the head, and the neck kind of controls everything. It, but but not only that, we discover that you know there's so many things about uh, him being in extension that that uh, we know where he is now. Yeah, and uh, so he said that. Uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if we're not so, I told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. So one of the things we also understand is that if we're his bride, uh, the, the the Jewish culture understood that because, uh, like you in Keeley, when you was an, an arranged marriage that would have been arranged nothing you had to do with it but you and Keeley and then when that that when that uh, gets ready and that that's time for for whatever then you would be building a a room onto your parents house mm-hmm. And then when that room was completed and finished, then you would go and 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 tradition tells us that the bride, the groom would go for the bride. And a lot of times it would be at night and he would put a ladder up to the window and he would go in and take her and the parents wouldn't even have known he's even been there. And and and, and he would take her to his place that he's built and so when when jesus was telling all this in my father's house or mansions and i go to prepare a place for you they understood that if he went to heaven which is his father then we're going to live with him in heaven so they understood that so the ascension tells us hey he's gone home to prepare that place for us right. that we'll have a place to live when this is all over with yeah and one day we'll be there absolutely maybe sooner than we thought yeah so, um, kind of the last thing, uh, this is kind of a shorter episode, but, um, we got stuff to do. We do have a lot to do today, um, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So the last thing is, what is, uh, I mean, I know, but what's the, what's the importance of, of this message, this message of death, resurrection and ascension? What's the importance of it? Well, First of all, um, the importance of it is is that uh, we would still be making sacrifices in in a temple somewhere that was not sufficient, and uh, I kind of believe that um, 
I'd be some kind of priest because I'm in the ministry. I'd be doing something. So I may be one of them that takes a sacrifice from me or whatever. I'm not sure, but we'd I, be Levites. There we go. We'd be the tribe of Levite, wouldn't we? I, I you know, the most important thing of his death and resurrection is, is that without his death, we'd still be dead in our sins. Yeah. And that's the most important thing to me is that he loved me so much, as John says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He was the first one to give us an indescribable gift, Jesus. And without him dying on the cross and shedding his blood, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be forgiven of my sins and I wouldn't be able to be in a relationship with God uh, through Jesus Christ and um Without him coming out of the grave, then none of this would even be uh, applicable because if he's still dead, then, then our, our stuff is in vain. Uh, it's, it's all worthless. So it's the most important thing because he had to die so I could be forgiven. Yeah. And so what's the, what's the value of that message to, 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 non-believers you know to a non-believer what is the value of him dying on the cross Uh, one day you're going to stand before God and give account of your life and so how you stand that day will depend on 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 what you did with the sacrifice that God gave to us through Jesus I've often said, and I get I get uh, criticized for saying this, uh, even though I'm in the Church of God and we don't smoke, drink, and things of that nature. And I, I've told people all my life, I don't think you go to hell because you cussed. I don't think you go to hell because you uh, drink. I don't think you go to hell because you smoke or any anything you want to add in there. The reason we the reason we don't go to heaven is because we didn't accept the sacrifice or the payment that was made for us through Jesus Christ. So the value of this is is that you can't clean yourself up. You can't, if you're a drug addict, you'll never come out of it on your own. Yeah, but I'll go to this, and you can go to AA and all, or AAA or whatever it is. And I understand all that, but we can't do it on our own. So the value of this is, is, uh, we have to accept Christ as our personal Savior, but we have to, it's more of a relationship with him, just having a relationship with God. And if you have that relationship, he's the one that does things in your life, changes your life. And so the value of this, you're never going to be, you're never going to find fulfillment in this life until you decide to uh, become in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, His Son. You'll never have fulfillment. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Papa. That would Papa. be the biggest value. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, yeah, thanks again for all of this. Uh, everybody that's listening, we love you all. Um, remember uh, that you can give to the podcast through anchor.fm slash Papa's Tackle Box. You can be a monthly giver, uh, even if it's just a dollar. Anything helps so that we can continue to keep producing this and continue to keep bringing in guests. Um, So we appreciate everything. 
and anything that you can do. Papa, you got anything last to no, say? I just I, I always enjoy sitting down and, and hoping that somebody will be blessed or learn something they may not didn't know that'll help them in their journey, that'll help them uh, in this journey called life, that'll help them just grow closer to the Lord. That's all we're doing, trying to help people become, become better, a better fishermen. fishermen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> hey, people, we love y'all. Uh, be blessed. Be blessed.